Bible, hear from God's word, so we need to be in a... It's alright, okay. Being in a uh, mindset of receiving. Let's just still ourselves before God. We live probably, I don't know, in terms of the, the time that we live in and the place in the world that we live in. We live in one of the busiest cities in the world, probably in the busiest time that the, perhaps the world has ever been in terms of communications and multimedia. And it, it can be a challenge to just still yourself. I know that in my own prayer time. Sometimes I've, just, I've thought about a thousand and one things except Jesus and I'm supposed to be praying. And it's, it, I just feel like for all of us, we're on a journey in terms of learning to just be still. And I really want you to hear what I bring today. I just want to ask you to just, Lord, we just want to bring ourselves before you. And we thank you, Lord, that you are the Prince of Peace. I just pray your peace would be on us. Any anxieties, Lord, we just put them on the back burner, Lord. We say we will not let them consume our mind, but we want our mind filled with your truth. We want to bring you right into the centre of our focus and our vision. We don't want to learn it by theory when everything's fine. We want to do it in the middle, Lord. We want to learn how to do these things. So we bring you, Jesus, Prince of Peace, King of Kings, Sovereign One, into the front of our mind and heart. And we say, reign, Lord. Reign. And we say, we trust you. We trust you. We trust you, Jesus. And we just pray, Lord, as we look at your word today, that life would come in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's been almost a year since we rocked up in North London. Okay, so we're just about two weeks, two weeks um, off of that. And uh, what a year it's been. And uh, just when all the housing issues were settling down, <laughs> all those prayers and battles that we fought for housing have been wonderfully answered. We've got a brand new crop to deal with, um, but that's okay. God doesn't want us to settle. But uh, I would just want to say, I think it's been the whole experience for us has been remarkable in terms of learning as a family the peace of God. So we were, we were celebrating our 10th anniversary in Bath. Um, we thought it was all sewn up, the housing and everything. Got this phone call saying the landlady's had a wobble. She's totally changed her mind. You can't move in. Um, and, you know, at that point, we just thought, actually, we could really be robbed of peace at this point. Do you know what I mean? You think, and have a really naff time. Oh, we had a whale of a time, didn't we? we? We just knew the peace of God the whole time. And we have done it ever since. Now, emotionally, I'm not saying we haven't at times been nervous and you think, you know, you feel it and you have to... But there's been this underlying peace of God which goes beyond understanding. Yeah? We've, just, we've experienced God in a profound way through it, through it all. But also, perhaps even more profound has been just the way as a church there's been a sense of rallying around just amazing so we shared about the whole thing falling through last week within five minutes of the service ending Adam and Mary how long have you been married? a couple of months spent most of that living out of suitcases homeless just moved into their pad great gaff North London brilliant they come and they say look we want you to we're going to move out you move in in our place if it doesn't hasn't get sorted this week oh, amazing and then James and Mary say yeah come on, you can come and live with us Adam and Mary while, while, while we're doing it so then, 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 there's, then there's that. And then we've got Simon and Natalie selling it up in Corfu. But loving the church, putting up Lisa and Claire in their place, who are also homeless while they're away. We've got Andy kipping on the Vargasons floor. It's all going off. <laughs> it's all happening. Right? But it's all right. Do you know? It's all right. Yeah? And we live in a society that worships houses. Have you noticed that? I read in the, in the TV guide one week, 35 programmes in one week on doing your house up. Because that's one of the false gods of our society, right? We haven't got one. We haven't even got one. 
But it's all right, because it's not our God. Hallelujah. And for so many, and let me just read you this one verse from Acts. I'm not going to preach on it, but I just, it, it just, last night I thought, this is wonderful. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. I just think, well, what a... Do you know what I mean? It's not just theory, is it? When the Holy Spirit is at work among a community of believers, this, this is reality. And we just want to say thank you to so many of you for helping yesterday, for yeah, all, all the things. We want to say thank you so much. We've, we've learned and been humbled by just the whole experience and just want to thank everyone else on behalf of one another as well and just say, oh, we love being part of this church and you guys are amazing. So thank you so much. And, um, you know... And it's, it's kind of inconvenient in some ways, <laughs> the whole move thing, because I, I, I was expecting, and still do expect this to be a term of real momentum and growth. Um, I'm expecting huge movement forward as a church, not just numerically, but in, in, in so many ways. I'm genuinely expecting that, looking for that, praying into that, and I, I want you to ask you to be doing that also. I don't feel that that has changed in any way by the housing situation, not at all. It's simply an inconvenient setback. That's all it is. It doesn't affect the purposes of God in any way at all. God is so much bigger than that. So I want to speak to you really um, about this term today from the Bible, obviously. But I want to speak to you about this term and what, what, where we're going and the shape of things and what, what, that's gonna, what that's going to mean. It's been an excellent summer. We had New Day, those of us that was there. Fantastic time, 6,000 young people meeting with God. You know, at, at, least, at least 300 becoming Christians for the first time. At least 400 experiencing physical healing in some way. At least another 250 recommitting their lives to Christ. Just amazing things going on. Then we had a great break in, in Cornwall. And I was able to reflect a bit and seek God as to this term. And God, what's next for us as a church? And um, particularly in how do we care for people? That's what I've been... God, how do we care for one another? What's the way through there and asking God for that and I feel like not just new people either although new people but how do we make sure that we are loving one another how do we make sure that we are caring for one another I mean praying about that because the reality is this in discussions I've had with other leaders there have been a few raised eyebrows concerning the fact that we don't have small groups just being honest with you there have been a few well what the heck do you do type looks um, which have been interesting and it's kind of you know and in a in a nutshell my, my, my thinking about that, I want to just clarify it again really clearly, just for five minutes, just so you're clear that this isn't just, well, it's easier, it's less admin. <laughs> it's, it's a lot more profound than that. Um, I want to just talk you through it, but I want to talk you through, as, as the morning goes on, how we are going to care for people. If we're going to really focus on what we feel we've been called here to do, and if we're going to genuinely succeed in being what we've dreamt about, in being what we've talked about, in what we've prayed about, which is a missionary church. A church that develops and grows by reason of people getting saved. Yeah? Not just other Christians looking in and joining. Then we need to take radical steps. If, it, if it's going to move from being just something that we talk about and dream about to something that we actually do and succeed in, then that means we've got to make certain choices and we've got to be radical on certain things. And that's, my, that's what I want to express to you in these next few minutes. We want to be a soul-winning church. As a church, we've got a high... There's, this, there's, this, you know, there's a crash going on there, so don't, don't worry. It's just toys and crying, but don't worry. It's cool. Everyone's happy. So, <laughs> that you know. Just, except, except for my daughter, everyone's happy. Yeah, so she's fine. She's fine. 
But we've got a high view of salvation. When Jesus said to the, to the 500 at the end of Matthew, go and make disciples of all nations, he, he was talking about discipleship, but in a biblical sense. When we say discipleship, what do we normally talk about? We're normally talking about one Christian developing another Christian, looking after another Christian, yeah? Whereas at that point, the people that Jesus was talking to were the only Christians. So when he said go and do discipleship, go and make disciples, he was talking about winning the lost, yeah? That was what it meant, otherwise it's meaningless. Win the lost and then teach them how to follow me and get them baptised, that's what he's saying. And so we, we have that commission on us. The King of Kings has put his hand on us. Is that sense of, he's had his hand on us and he's sent us out. So that's what's on us. There's an anointing on us to do that. But we need to make sure the structure of the church reflects that so that we can actually do it well. We want to see those be- people become new creations, don't we? Not just tag on a bit of religion in, in their life. I'll get a bit of God in you. No, people, the Bible says if anyone is in Christ, they're a brand new creature. There's nothing more exciting than having new life in the church than having babies in the church, people that have been born anew and that are filled with the joy. I can't believe this. My sins are forgiven. My conscience is clear. I know Jesus. There's nothing more exciting about that. And that's what we want to see in the church. Let me read you this verse from 2 Corinthians. It's glorious. Obviously, there's someone that isn't happy. (laughs) And it is my daughter. She will soon be comforted. Listen to this. This is explaining in a nutshell the gospel. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them. Do you love that? Not counting their trespasses against them. What a God. God has said, look, you have built up a huge debt of sin. I am not going to count it against you. Instead, through Christ on the cross, I'm going to bring you back. What a gospel. Yeah? So many people think God is out out to judge, out to punish, and God will judge and punish if we don't accept his mercy. But that's not what he's out to do. He's out to reconcile. It's beautiful, isn't it? I want to bring you back. Actually, your, sin, your sins reach the heavens, but I don't want to count them against you. Instead, let me punish my son, who is just as willing as me to go through that so that we can win you back. That's the gospel that we want to see succeed in people's lives. Amen? See it breaking where people sit. Oh, you mean I can be forgiven? You mean I really can have a clean conscience? Yeah. We want to see that as a church. And so we've got to make steps in order to make that happen. We need to give time and priority to being in the world. We must. It's not just an option and extra. We must be in the world. We mustn't be of it. Right? We mustn't be of it. But we must be in it. It's so important. And Christians very often make two mistakes. They either become of it and they become so like the world that no one can spot any difference. They're losing their temper. They're getting angry with their enemies. They're just like everyone else. Yeah? They become of it. Or they're not in it. They're really holy but no one ever sees them. No one ever gets to enjoy their holiness. No one ever sees their light shine because it's hidden away in a little Christian bubble. But God's intention is that we are in the world, but not of the world. That we are building genuine, meaningful friendships with those who don't yet know the Lord. That we're loving people. Jesus said, let your good works shine before people that they might glorify your Father in heaven. Yeah? In order for for our good works to shine, they must be visible. Jesus said, don't put them under a cover. Don't put your light under a cover. You're the light of the world. Shine it up. Light it. Let people see the light. And so that means that we are filled with the Spirit and that we act differently, but we must be on show and visible as well. And my conviction is that a lot of evangelical churches over the past few decades have got caught up in the Holy Spirit and loving God and genuinely serious about the, world, about the Word and wanting to be together, which is great and very important, but bubbles develop and people will, over time, lose any meaningful friendships with unbelievers. And they don't shine. And their, meet, and their, their diaries are so crammed with meetings, 
They never get a chance to actually develop meaningful friendships with unbelievers. We mustn't do that. If we do that, we shoot ourselves in the foot at the start of the mission. Totally. We've, if I, I can just give you a shake, yeah, you come to loads of, loads of meetings, just come. And maybe you're used to that, and you, maybe you'll be there, you'll be there, you'll be there with bells on, you'll be loving it. But that's not what we came here to do. Didn't come here to set up loads and loads of meetings. That's not what we're here for. And I think in your heart, those of you that deliberately moved here for this church, you didn't come here to just go to meetings. Yeah. We meet together to hear the word of God, to be filled with the Spirit, so that we go. Yeah? We're called to be a go church, aren't we? All churches are. And so we want to shine our light instead of hiding it all the time in other Christian sitting rooms or meeting halls. It's very important. I mean, look at Craig Marsh, for example. Great meetings, fantastic meetings. My conviction is a large percentage of unbelievers that go along there would get saved. Why hasn't those meetings worked on an evangelistic level? They've worked on, a, on so many other levels. Why hasn't it worked evangelistically? My conviction is this. I think it's simple. People don't know enough, have enough meaningful friendships with people that don't know the Lord, that trust them, that would, would come along to that. Simple. Alpha. Why doesn't Alpha work when it doesn't work? Same reason. You invite people that you don't know. And they say, why should I go along there with you? It's inconvenient, it's out of my way. I don't even know you. There's no sowings gone on. There's no relationship building gone on. They say, well, it's not working. It's not, that's not the issue. You've got to take a step back. There's been no sowing. There's been no going. You just expect people to come to things. It's crazy. It's not what we've been commissioned to do. We've been commissioned to go. So the mentality must change if we are actually going to do this. And I'm not into just huge vision slogans and great ideals and da-da, and nothing ever happens, I tell you. I, we're, not, that's, we're not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Because it's just, it's a waste of time. And in the end, it leads to disillusionment. I've seen it. At least the people say it doesn't work. But it's just, because, it's just because there hasn't been a grasp of the fact that oh, we've got to go. We've got to go. So why not small groups? Well, my concern is if we place something that takes considerable effort and energy and commitment, which is what small groups do, but with their main aim maintaining Christians rather than a missionary push, then especially at this stage of the mission, we have misdirected our energy. We've misdirected our commitment. We've misdirected our passion and our time. We did the missionary training back in the early summer, which is a three-week must-do for all revelationers, because there's no point trying to do something well without the relevant training. And we'll be running it again for all of those who missed it or weren't able to get there or weren't part of the church then or who just want to get freshened up in it and that will start on September the 27th. Okay? So that will start again. We'll do it again for all those who just want to get fresh or who, who, who weren't around for it, who missed a session, come along to the one you missed. Come along. Because it's vital that you get trained. The aim of this is that we learn how to scatter well for six days. Yeah. The six days are the six days that count. And then we learn to take initiative in terms of mixing up our worlds of people from the church and those who don't yet know the Lord. Now I'm aware that a lot of us would be much more used to being given a list of things to turn up to. You just wait for a list to come from HQ. Okay, I've got to be there. But I think if we expect Alpha to succeed, we need to give ourselves energetically, passionately and consistently to go in. Because there's no point putting on a come event until we've gone. It's also a must that when we run Alpha, this is interesting, that all of us are able to fully get behind it, either in bringing friends or serving or leading tables, and none of us are so caught up with our midweek meeting it's become the be-all and end-all of our church life. And I've seen it happen. Alpha, oh no. But we just started a really good Bible study. 
in our small group. Well, what are we, sorry, what are we commissioned for? Go and make disciples of all nations. Now, with all reverence, I want to say with all respect, you can study your Bible with a friend, by yourself. Just initiate a little group. Let's meet up for breakfast every two weeks and study the Bible. You can do that. Just do that. You don't need permission. Just do it. But I don't want to put things in the diary that are going to take away from what we're about, which is we're going to see people saved. And we're not just going to see them saved and say, oh, we're going to see them come to maturity. Because part of discipleship is that you teach people how to follow Jesus, how to enjoy his grace and his love. So that's what we're going to do. With this in view, as well as the fact that our students that are joining us won't be settled in until October and will need at least a term to settle in and get to know people on their campus, we are going to launch Alpha on Wednesday the 23rd of January. Alpha starting on Wednesday the 23rd of January. In December, we will run an event on Friday the 14th, which will be some kind of Christmas dinner social event. We'll hire out a huge restaurant, 100, 150 seats, whatever. Hire out a huge thing and we'll cram it and we will have a whale of a time. Maybe Caribbean Christmas, I don't know. We'll just, have a, we'll just have a great time. Maybe some sort of queer, some sort of... I don't know how that we're going to do that. And, and yeah, that's what we're going to do on Friday, December the 14th. And I will plug Alpha. Listen, I will plug Alpha at some point during that evening, okay? So it's an Alpha plug. That will take five minutes, between five and ten minutes, literally no more than that. It's a great evening, Christmas dinner, but I will plug Alpha at that event. Then on Sunday, December the 16th, we will do a big Christmas Sunday morning here and I will plug Alpha at that. And then on Friday the 11th of January, we'll do some kind of acoustic night where we invite our friends and cram out another place and I will plug Alpha at that. And then on Wednesday the 23rd of, Al- of, of Alpha, <laughs> of January, Alpha, 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 we start Alpha. We will all move together as a body to get behind this and make it happen to the glory of God, yes? It's our focus corporately. It's not some little thing on the edge, oh yeah, that's the Alpha thing. No, come on, Yeah? We're in this, we're in this together as a body moving together. We will gather midweek from time to time for prayer, encouragement. The musicians will gather regularly. The key kids workers will gather. I'm sure there'll be people meeting up to study the Bible and to pray, to encourage each other. There'll be bags of socials going on. Different people in the church will hook up with different friends who know the Lord, those who don't know the Lord, all mixing it up. And that will mark us as a church. Yeah? Keep, keep on your emails. Keep, you know, just ringing people up, find out what's happening. There will be loads of things happening. Okay? But it's going, to kind of have a, it's going to kind of have that kind of initiative kind of feel. The football announcement is happening. There's a match on. Get them along. It's that kind of deal. It's life. Okay, we're breaking out. Please come with me on this. <laughs> yeah, I do really want to ask you. I'm, I'm genuinely asking you. Follow me on this. Yeah, otherwise I want to guarantee to you the December and the January events and the Alpha will be a flop. Guarantee it. And if you haven't gone in those few months and they're a flop, don't blame me. I'm not, I'm not being so funny about it, I'm just saying genuinely. We've got to go if we want people to come. Yeah? I'm going to go. I am going to go. I'm not going to just, I'm not just send you to go and I'm going to go sit in a study. And, no, I'm going to go. All right? I'm going. You going to go too? Yeah. Let's go! Because I, I just feel, God promises so much. I feel God's been speaking to me about the prophetic. I think very often we get a prophetic word and we think, oh, that's great, that's going to happen. No, the prophetic releases potential, Okay? So you get a word and it shows us God's heart, but then there is much action to take to see the thing come to pass, yes? It doesn't just happen. God says, this is my heart for you, and then we say, our our way of responding is by raising up and saying, yes, Lord, I believe you, and so I'm going to take these steps, yeah? What does James say? Faith without actions is dead. 
It's not faith. Say, yeah, I believe. No, you don't. If you believe, you do. Yeah? So we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Okay. Now, all of this is very, very exciting, but it does beg the question, so how are we going to look after our people? Which is what we started with. Don't, don't, doesn't Steph take this seriously? Well, I've been giving serious thought to it and praying about it. Because we're here to plant a church, not just a mission station. And loving one another is key to this. Also realise that some people will just struggle to get connected more than others. Just the way people are. Yeah? Some people, you'll just take an issue, if you're just, you'll, you'll, you'll hear today what I'm saying and you'll think this is perfect. This is just me. I'm going to have a whale of a time. Others will think, oh no, I'm too shy to ring so-and-so to find out what's going on. I don't, do you know, I don't, Look, don't worry. I understand we're all different. We're going to help people. I understand that. We do not want anyone falling off the radar. If people, if, people, if people are called to another church, then we will release you and we will bless you. But we don't want anyone just falling off, off the end just because no one had an eye out for them. We want to love you and we want everyone to know in this church you're not just a commodity. You're not just here because you can get a job done. We love you and we want you to know that. And that's part of what this next idea is coming out of. So here we go. Let's go to Exodus 18. That's my introduction. <laughs> Got you scared, didn't it? Exodus 18. The situation here is that Moses is responsible for approximately 3 million Israelites in the wilderness. Um, between, two and th- between 2 and 3 million. They're in the wilderness between Egypt and Israel. And so let's read from verse 13 of Exodus 18. The next day Moses sat to judge the people and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people... He said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, well, the people come to me to inquire of God and when they have a dispute, they come to me. I decide between one person and another and I make them know the statutes of God and his laws. Well, Moses' father-in-law said to him, what you're doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out. This thing is too heavy for you. You're not able to do it alone. Now obey my voice. I'll give you advice and God will be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God and you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and who hate bribes and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties and of tens and let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they will bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they'll bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you, you will be able to endure, and this people also will go to their place in peace. So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. Now, as I was on a mission in Latvia in the summer, I had a bit of time out, so I was able to pray, God, how do we care about people in Revelation Church? I don't feel it is right to do small groups. If we set up small groups now, I wouldn't even know the aims of them. <laughs> so what could I even tell the leaders? Uh, you know, what could you expect these groups to be like? I just would be doing it because of the raised eyebrows. But I don't feel it's the right thing. But Lord, we've got to care for people. What do we do? And I felt through this passage that God gave me some direction. Now, we're not yet um, in a position to have groups of thousands or hundreds, or fifties. But we are in a position to have groups of tens. Hey! <laughs> people that look after ten people each. So today I wanted to introduce you the concepts of tens, revelation style, which is actually very similar to the Exodus passage. I have asked a number of people, people that I think have both the character 
and the gifting to look after 10 people in the church. If they would do so, I've asked them. It's not going to be a group of 10. I'm not asking them to set up a group of 10, a small group where these 10 people do stuff together. I've asked people to look after just 10 people. Do you understand the difference? So the relationship will be more of a vertical one. It's a whole way of looking at vertical, horizontal, but please understand what I'm saying. It's not so much I'm setting up groups of 10s, so if you're in this person's 10, you're going to be doing stuff together like a small group. We've already said I'm not doing that. Okay? But what it will mean is, is that everyone in the church will have someone they can go to, and that person they go to will have no more than 10 people to look after. And so I've asked people, if, 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 some people in the church, if they would do this, I'm going to get them to stand up in a minute and we're going to pray for them. Um, it's not a group of 10 people, like I said, although occasionally, who knows, a 10 may meet up for some reason, but that's not primarily what it's about. It's about making sure everyone in the church has someone supporting them, praying for them, providing as much or as little pastoral care as you need. You see, you might not need any care, you might be just doing fine, no big deal, no drama. But we want to make sure that people that do get it. You get to choose what 10 you're in, all right, because you're an adult. <laughs> right? And you know who you'd like to look after you. So you say, oh, I like, I like them. I've chatted to them before. I had a cup of tea, but I like them. I'll, I'll, I'll be in their crowd. So you, you can do that. Um, now, for the first four tens, because we've got around about 40 people in total, so we'll need four tens to start with. I've asked couples, not that our tens leaders in future will all be couples. In fact, they, I know they definitely won't be, but just because I feel these are the right people at the moment. Okay, I want to just make that clear. I just felt these were the right people oh, and they're couples. So, but there we go. Um, I just think they'll be the right people. In a moment, I'm going to ask them to stand because we're going to pray for them. From midnight, which we've just had, our tens page went live on our website. Very good. Thank you, Asia. And um, really what this does is that it helps you to just have a read-up on each leader. Interests, hobbies, it's all a bit funny. though. It's all a good laugh. It's all very humorous. But, and just again, just a little paragraph what these tens are about again, just so you can get your head around it because it's good to just go over these things. Um, and it will help you to know which one to join. What's the main point of being in a ten? Three very easy things to remember. They all begin with C. Very clever. Number one, they aim to help people get connected in whichever way is necessary. For some of you, you're as connected as you need to be. Either you're on a journey, you're not ready to be totally committed yet, so you're, you're just, you're on the edge, but you want to be on the edge, no problem. Okay? I recognise there's a process for people. Others are thinking, I want to get in more, I don't feel I'm quite in. Well, they're going to help you on that front, and new people that come, they will help these new people to get in also. Um, so, that's, so it's connection. Number two, they will aim to care for you. So if it's been a stressful week, give them a call and say, pray for me. They'll say, yeah. I hope they don't say no. They should say yeah. They'll say, <laughs> they'll say yeah. Oh, they're good people. Um, you've got a big decision coming up. You need some wisdom. I'm telling you, I've chosen excellent people. And you'll, you'll know when they stand up, you'll love them. They may call you every now and then. How are you doing? Everything okay? They might, you might say, I've got a big interview on Wednesday. They might call you and say, how did it go? It's that kind of deal. They'll care for you. And finally, they'll communicate with you what's going on. So you're in the loop with stuff. So your finger's on the pulse. You know, oh, this, oh, that's happening. Okay, fine. They might think, oh, I heard about this social that's going on. So-and-so would really like that. They're in my 10, but they weren't around Sunday. I'll give them a call and let them know. Yeah? So people are in the loop and they're getting communicated too. We just really want to make sure that everyone who, is, who wants to be in is in. It's basically the aim. So you'll have a couple of weeks to contact these guys and say, hey, I want to be in your gang. All right? There'll be email addresses and phone numbers on the TENS page. Oh, I think it's just email addresses. Give them an email. If you haven't got a computer, go to Internet Cafe, drop them an email. Say, hey, I want to be in your posse. Um, what's happening? And they'll say, yeah, come in. So, um, 
Any questions? I think this is one of those subjects which may, might be quite helpful for questions. So, Andy Kite. It w it, okay, yeah. I, I, I would say that if I ask a guy, for example, to lead a group of ten, then he will lead ten guys. If I ask a girl, then she will lead ten girls. So that's what will happen. Okay. Me. So at the moment, I'll, I'll be the closest thing you'll get to a leader of 50. Yeah, that's how that'll work. Um, and then as we grow, we'll just, we'll just work it out. The thing can just develop. Now, some of these guys... Some of our leaders, tens leaders, might get 18 people come to them. Others might get three people come to them. How did we, how, what are we going to do if that happens? If, one, if, a, if, a, if a couple get three come to them, I've said to them, no problem, just grow it from there. No big deal. Yeah, start with three. Got to give you more if you're faithful. What if people get 18? Well, I think we'll, we'll, I will try to support them in that for the first few weeks, but we will straight away try and look for someone else to come in that we can get as a new leader of. Ten, something like that. I think we'll just do the best. We'll find our way through. But I think it's important that you get to choose wh where you go because these are people that you're going to be relating to and I think it's important that you get a sense of relationship and trust. So you think, yeah, I, I, could, I feel like I could ring that person or whatever. You understand what I mean? So, any other questions? Really, some people sometimes say to me, look, I, didn't really, I had this question but I thought it might be rude to ask so I've, le I've left it till the end and they tell me and I think, oh, everyone needed to hear that question. It won't be rude, okay? So if you have a question, please ask. It's really good to get these things out um, because odds are the people are thinking the same thing. <laughs> to be honest with you, me and Davina have been having discussions. Where should we go? Because we really love all of them. They're all absolutely fantastic. And I, I think at the end of the day, listen, this is not about who you hang out with exclusively. This isn't about cutting off, oh, I'm that one, I can't hang out with you. It's, no, it's nothing like that. Okay? The whole idea is, is that there's spontaneous relationships going on all around. Like I say, they're not groups of them, so this isn't now the people you hang out with. It's just someone you've got. We just want to know that everyone's being cared for. Do you know what I mean? It might be that at the end of the day, you know, I would say, if you love them all, pick one that you would probably most naturally go to as some sort of prayer partner. Choose that. Choose them as your leader. Go on, mate. Yep. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. We, this, the, the aim of these is not to, not to control, squash, or anything. It, for some people, to be honest with you, you won't even realise you're in one. Because you just carry on as you are. Yeah? We just want to make, we just want to make sure that, that we're putting something in place for people. Okay? This is just, it's just, if you look at the story here, there, there comes a point, I mean, Moses had a capacity of 3 million, I've got a ca capacity of 40. All right, I'm not Moses. All right? <laughs> so I'm thinking, if we want to grow as well, we need to just bring leaders through that are able to just share the burden. So that's really what this is about. Um, There'll be nothing, I, just, I know some of you are from pretty strange experiences church-wise, I know that. There'll be nothing untoward that goes on. If anything untoward goes on, come and speak to me straight away. I know that it won't because I know these people. But um, the aim is if you just want to look after guys, that's really it. And the bigger we get, you need something in place that's just going to, this is not about keeping tabs on people, this is not about um, putting bugs on you so they can hear what you're doing. <laughs> That's a joke. That didn't really work. Sorry. Um, <laughs> this is 
this, this is just, it's about, it's about caring for people. So, yeah. Any other questions? Very good. I would say, really, that um, when, they, when new people go to the Light to Know More table, the person manning that will mention the idea of tens. But I'm also going to say, also from this point onwards, leaders of tens are free to take initiative to invite new people to join their tens. You know. Or we've got our integration team as well who follow up people that are new. It could just be after a few weeks, you know, they say, look, check out the tens page on the website. You know, but I think uh, we want to keep it as kind of natural and organic as possible, really. Um, just make sure that it happens. Repeat the questions. Sorry for those of you that are going to be downloading this and listening. Really sorry. I haven't been repeating the questions. Hopefully you can pick up the clues from the answers. I will now repeat the questions from now on. <laughs> what if you're not interested at all? To be in any of the tens. I guess probably the best bet, there might be another people that are like that. I guess the best bet would be to just have a chat with me and we can work through, work it through from there. What if you, what, did I repeat the question then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any other questions? Okay, well why don't we get our tens leaders to stand up. So Dean and Donna Vargason, um, Dave and Jen Mance, Richard and Tanika Young, Rich, I think Tanika's out with the kids, yeah. Hazia and Lena Sally. Okay, these are the guys who, 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 who we've asked to just um, do this role. Um, good people, very difficult to choose from. Everyone's thinking, oh, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Gonna be? Okay. Let's not start any of that competition business. Um, Right, I want to just, just pray for these guys. I wanted to stand up and do it publicly because I think it's important to just endorse them as people. I've got a genuine relationship with all of them. I know them. I trust them. And um, I just feel it's going to be a huge blessing for the church. Um, so, yeah. As, as I pray now, I want to just ask you, if you've got any of them near you, just go and lay your hands on them, okay? So everyone should have a hand or two on them. Okay, let's do that. Dave's over there. He needs, he needs his hands on him. I'm just going to pray for these guys. Lord, we just want to thank you so much that we're in a position to be able to ask people to um, share the burden. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're just aware, Lord God, that you bring, you build the church, you bring people in. And uh, Lord, you've brought in these amazing guys that just... So share your heart and show, so share the vision of the church here and so want to just love people. And Lord, we just pray for them. We pray, let your anointing be on them today. Let them know all the wisdom that they need, all the love and energy that they need, all the passion that they need. We pray, Lord God, for them, whether, whether they get one email in the next two weeks or whether they get 25, they would know, Lord, that you have called them to it, Lord, and you're going to give them the grace for it. We pray, Lord God, that they would be faithful, Lord God, with this task, Lord God, we pray, Lord, that it would really serve uh, everyone in the church, Lord God, that those who need care would be cared for, those who are hurting, Lord, would, would be healed and bound up, Lord God, we pray, Lord, those who just need friendship, Lord, would find friendship, Lord God, we just pray it would be a blessing, a huge blessing, and it would be a blessing for these guys as they do it as well, Lord God, and relationships get built, and Lord, we know you've called us to be fishers of men, and we want to do what we can to mend the nets. Lord God, we don't, we don't want unnecessary gaps in the nets. We just feel that doesn't glorify you. 
And so, Lord, we just pray that um, everyone that you genuinely give us, we would look after. Everyone, Lord God, that doesn't join us, Lord, we pray you would find them a wonderful home church in the city, in their location. But Lord, we, just, we pray, Lord God, that we would glorify you as we serve you diligently. In Jesus' name. Bless these guys and anoint them with power, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's take your seats. I'm going to wrap things up. Are these good guys? Are they good? They're good guys. They are good guys. So, so here's, so here's the deal, guys. I want to just wrap things up now, and then we're going to get back to just praising, worshiping, breaking bread and stuff. The aim, the aim of the church, right, is to be a go church, because Jesus said go. That's why. Yeah, it's not. I don't believe it's because it's my latest idea. <laughs> Jesus said go. Matthew 28, 19. Yeah, he's in there. And so we said, well, we've got to work out how we can obey him. Yeah, that's what we've got to work out. Okay, how can we obey him in a, in a meaningful way? This is what I come up with. I feel like God's helped me with it. You know, um, as, far as, I, as far as I can tell, it's how God is leading me and leading this church, which is why I'm bringing it before you. Not just a nice little idea that I've thought up. I've got faith for it. Um, and I feel like it will help us to grow and take, take the next step. I believe this term will be the next step for us. I'm not going to give you any promises in terms of numbers, figures, stats, because God hasn't spoken to me, but I believe we're going to move forward because Jesus is going to build his church. Yeah? And I believe we're going to, I believe we're going to see many people saved. I honestly believe that. And I want us to be praying into Alpha. You might say, it's four or five months away. I tell you, it will be on us before we know it. And if no one turns up at Alpha, right, I want to be able to sort of almost look everyone in the eye, Lord in the eye, and say, Lord, it wasn't because we didn't do our bit. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't because of that. It was some mysterious, sovereign thing that we'll never understand. And seriously, I just want to be honest with you. I want to know, no, we've done. We have sowed and we water. Yeah? God gives the increase. It's really clear to be, it's important to be clear on that. So I hear people sometimes pray, Lord, would you water this seed? No, he won't. He won't water anything. We sow, we water. He causes the growth. Yeah? Which means we just keep loving people and telling them about the Lord. And he will bring people. And I'm convinced we're going to have a fantastic Alpha. It'll be a revelation. It'll all be behind it. It's going to be, I'm excited for it. I've asked Dean to just really run with it, look into, look into the venues. He's going to be at the City Hope Alpha over the autumn term, just really understudying Paul Brown and really being kind of mentored in, mentored in that and um, just doing the behind the scenes organisation of it. Myself, Dean and Lena will run the thing on the, on the night. We'll kind of team it. Um, that's how it's going to work. And... Um, we just, I just want to say, I'm only going to put things before you that I feel we've got faith for and God said, and I believe, this, what we, I believe that's what these things are. Is that okay? Yeah. All right, good stuff. Praise God. God's with us. Thanks for listening. Andy and the band. Are we? Okay, just sorry for the guys who are listening to this. All sermons will be on the website from this week, so if you miss a Sunday, you want to stay in the loop, then just click and, and download. Also to say we're starting a, a series on 1 John, which will start next week, and we'll go through to the end of November. And then starting in December, we're going to do a four-week Christmas series. That's where we're going on Sunday mornings over this term. Okay? Okay, great.